You are listening to the Stories of Healing and Wonderlust podcast, and I am your host, Lou Kelly. Join me each fortnight as I explore the wild and wonderful world of healing, conscious living, yoga, self-development, travel, and the journey of life. We explore the very real human experiences that we go through and the many ways we overcome these challenges. I share with you via solo chats and also in conversation with some extraordinary guests. This podcast is a curation of relatable yet inspirational stories, and it showcases the varied voices in the healing and self-development space today. I hope you enjoy. Hello, listeners and friends. Welcome to episode number three. This is my second solo episode, and today I'm talking a little bit about what it really means to be a highly sensitive person or a HSP. And I've called this episode, What Does It Mean to Be a HSP? And I've put the capital letters on the does because this is actually an acronym that we'll be unpacking this episode. So as many of you know, I'm very passionate about sharing this message of being a highly sensitive person and just sharing that being a highly sensitive person is a beautiful thing, but we need to learn to live in a way that supports our true nature so we can thrive. When I found out um, this information about myself a few years ago, it really changed so much about the way that I see myself. I was able to reframe my life and the way I have experienced the world so far. And I found this information really empowering. This is why I like to offer it to my community and why it's such a big part of the work that I do in the world now. So I'm going to share some of the science I'm going to share my lived experience and then I'm going to just leave leave you with some information about how we can really start to live in a way that is in alignment with our true nature. And if you're a highly sensitive person, this episode is absolutely for you. But if you also know someone who is sensitive, maybe you have a child that is sensitive or a partner or a friend, then this is also going to be very helpful for you to understand. So let's start with the science. This trait of high sensitivity was discovered in the 90s by a research psychologist named Elaine Aron, who is very much the pioneer of this work. She has written her first book is called The Highly Sensitive Person, How to Thrive When the World Overwhelms You. This is very much the Bible of um, high sensitivity. She's written other books, but this blue book, um, if there's one resource that I would recommend, it would be this book. So she's studying temperament. Um, she wasn't particularly looking looking at anything around being highly sensitive, but when she was doing her research on temperament, she made this discovery that 20%, around 20%, sometimes it's 15, sometimes it's 25, but in general it is 20% of the population had this trait of being highly sensitive. And since then, other scientists have gone on to discover that this 20% sensitivity is actually present in over 100 other animal species, which just blows my mind because it shows how across the board and how needed sensitive people are and sensitive people in your community, in in the herd of animals. It shows how important it was that there were some people that had this trait of sensitivity for the survival of the species. So she's done the study and it was pretty groundbreaking work. To make it simple, 
she created the acronym DOES, D-O-E-S, which is hence why I've put it in the title of this episode. If you find acronyms easy to remember, then this one is going to work for you. It certainly works for me. So I'm just going to unpack this a little bit. The acronym DOES, the D, means depth of processing. So imagine your brain. As a highly sensitive person, the same stimuli is coming in, the same information is coming in through all of the five senses, as it would a non-highly sensitive person. But in a HSP, this uh, information is working over time as it comes into the brain. So the brain starts to process it at a really, really high rate. A way that I like to think about this is, you know, when you have your laptop and you're opening like too many programs at once and it starts to kind of overheat and it starts to make that noise like a little whirring noise and it gets really warm and you're like, please computer, um, don't die on me. This is what this information overload can create in the brain of a highly sensitive person. So there's a depth of processing. The mind of a highly sensitive person has been, they've tested it with electrodes to show that After the sensory input has gone into the brain, the brain of a highly sensitive person actually is lighting up in different senses more than it is in a non-highly sensitive person. And this information gets stored away. Okay, let's move on to the O. So the O in the DOES acronym stands for overstimulation. And in my mind, this is really the only part of being a highly sensitive person that is a negative or is a downside. So if we go back to that idea of the computer overheating, all the information's going in, you've opened too many programs, you're trying to, I don't know, edit a podcast or something like that, and the computer is like, I can't do it, or it's just too much, there's too much overwhelm. So the overstimulation in a highly sensitive person is when all of the stimuli is going into the brain and it's just too much to process. And this is where a highly sensitive person can feel anxious and the need to retreat from the world. And for me, this is just so true. When I overcommit to things or I take on too much, my my brain literally just starts to overwhelm and I need to withdraw from the world and I need to just have downtime. Now, when we try and live in a way that other people might be able to thrive in, this is where we get into trouble. As highly sensitive people, we are not the same as other people. So we need to learn to live in a way that doesn't overstimulate us. And that really is a lot about having boundaries and, you know, creating a lifestyle that allows us to have time in the world, but also have downtime and to have that rhythm and that cadence in our day, our week and our life. Uh, So (laughs) an example for me is uh, when I go into the city, say I go to my partner's office, we have this joke because literally every time I go into the office and I'm there for a while, I start to like literally feel sick and I need to have a lie down. And it's a little bit of a joke between us that I just can't handle being in the city. It's just too much for me. Whereas obviously a lot of people thrive in that environment, but it's just not me. The artificial lights, um, the noises, the trams, um, the lots of people. I like it for a short amount of time, but when I reach that threshold, I literally start to feel like dizzy (laughs) and, and overwhelmed and overstimulated. So that is the O. Like I said, what I believe the only really bad part of this um, or the negative part of this trait is. 
Moving on to E in the DAS acronym. This stands for emotional and also empathy or empathetic. So when we talk about emotions as a highly sensitive person, because of our sensitive nature, we feel everything deeply. And I'm talking about the good things as well as the bad things. So for example, things that um, move us might be like art or literature or theater or seeing just the beauty of, you know, a newborn child or just the, the beauty in a sunset. And feeling these emotions of joy and love and just beauty and courage and insight, we are deeply moved from these emotional experiences. But on the other hand, on the same, or the different side of the same coin is that we feel so-called, so-called negative emotions very deeply as well. So this is, you know, the depression, the heartache, the heartbreak, the grief, the sadness, you know, even the anger. Like we feel these emotions so deeply. Our range of experiencing the world is really, really broad, you could say. So again, this is just the, the a neutral a neutral trait is that we experience everything very deeply. So that is the emotional aspect of the E. And then we also have the empathetic aspect of the E. Because we feel so deeply, we often have a lot of empathy for other people. And this might be people that we know. For example, our loved ones. I know for myself, I often feel like when I've been in romantic relationships that I feel what my partner is going through just as deeply as they do. This is not always a good thing because when we need to be like supportive of our loved ones, when they're going through things, we need to remember like what is ours and what is theirs. And by not taking on their emotions and their experiences, we are more able to support them which I'll, I'll talk about at, at another time. But yes, the empathy we can feel for people who we are close to, our family members, but also people that we don't know. For example, turning on the news and just seeing, you know, the awful things that happen in the world. The world is 50-50. There's good things that happen. There's bad things that happen. And when we see these bad things depicted in the media or, um, yeah, in, in social media, we can get deeply affected by it. Because we forget where we end and where something else starts and we, we realize that we are connected to the whole world and as such, we feel everything deeply. Our empathy levels are really, really high. Like I said, can be good. Sometimes it's great because we can understand what other people need. We can understand um, how to support and love and encourage and just understand other people, other human beings. But then on the other hand, sometimes this just also becomes overwhelming because we feel so much of what else is going on in the world. So that's the E in the DOES acronym. Let's move on to the final letter in this acronym, which is S. And this stands for sensitive to the subtleties. And what I mean by this is very, very small changes in our environment, we will notice. And this can be 
temperature changes, like changes of the seasons. It can be changes in our environment. Like we might notice something is just very slightly different in our home or um, we might notice our friend or our loved one. There's just something's just a little bit different. I can't put my finger on it, but I know something's different. Uh, we can notice these subtleties in our own body, like little minor shifts in our own health or, you know, just our own inner landscape. Like we just notice small things. We notice the world. And this is a great trait. For example, like we notice very small things that other people might look over. And highly sensitive people are often very great analysts. They observe the world, they can see trends, they can predict things in the future. And yeah, they, they're very good at noticing very small details. They're very attuned to these small details. So highly sensitive people are also very artistic and very creative and very, very soulful human beings. And very much an asset to lots of different industries. But can also get overwhelmed and overstimulated. So, and I will talk about this further in a different episode about um, like career for a highly sensitive person. But I would say highly sensitive people are great assets to any business or organization or company, but they need to perhaps work in a way that is different to the other 80% of the non-highly sensitive members of that organization or staff. They are different and just as valuable. And they bring different things to the table. So that is the acronym of DAS. And I hope that helps you understand a little about the science. So this is coming directly from Elaine Aaron. And her work was very much the groundbreaking work for this, for this scientific understanding. And when I found this out, it really just made me like the penny dropped. It was very profound. I realized that us highly sensitive people, the world was not was not set up for us. If 80% of the people in this world are not highly sensitive, then the world is truly set up for them. And we need to reclaim the way we live. We need to implement our own boundaries and start to find our voice, stand in our power and speak up about what it is that we need to really thrive. So I know that for myself, when I found, before I even knew anything about high sensitivity, I knew that I wanted to live in a way that supported myself because I had a tendency to get overwhelmed and anxious. And I just thought I was anxious and there was something wrong with me. But now I understand that there is nothing wrong with me. This is just who I am. And I need to just live in a way that supports my innate sensitivity. So when I found yoga about a decade ago, I knew that I wanted to make this my life. I knew that it was a healing path. It worked for me. It allowed me to settle and soothe my nervous system and regulate my nervous system. And it allowed me to have space in my day and my week to have downtime. And I just felt much better working in that environment than I did working, for example, full-time when I worked as a travel agent, which was only for a short amount of time, but I just couldn't sit in that corporate environment at a desk for 40 hours a week. It literally feels like it's killing me. That's how it feels. I also worked as a school teacher, which was better, much better in that I was more active and had a little bit more space and freedom to move and to kind of 
like, yeah, just move around and have time in my week and in my day. I wasn't just sitting at a, at a desk for 40 hours, but it still wasn't ideal. And I really feel that now finding yoga and now the expansion of my business into coaching and mentoring and creating online programs and courses and also leading retreats, this is much more in line with how my body and my nervous system loves to live and work. And I really think that actually being an entrepreneur is a great thing for a highly sensitive person to do because it allows us to take control of our life and set our own routines and rhythms and schedules. And when we need to back off, we can. And when we have the energy to go deeper, then we can kind of do it at our own, in our own way. So we need to reclaim the way we live is, is what I, what I truly believe. High sensitivity is a neutral trait. If you take anything from this, then please understand it's neutrality. So it can be a destructive thing if we try and put ourselves in a box that is just not us. If we try and work and live in a way that is not attuned to our nature, we will burn out. We will get anxious. We will get overwhelmed. We will get sick. But if we... I, I also think that it is the most... Can, can be the most beautiful trait in the world if we learn to live in a way that supports us. So it's very much about being self-aware, claiming this trait, um, understanding what we need, what you need, and then living in that way and getting the people around you to kind of get on board. And when you understand and love yourself and are able to reconcile this information, you will be able to communicate it with the people around you in a loving way. I want to now move on to this idea this kind of beautiful analogy and visual of the dandelion and the orchid. So when you think about a dandelion, these are the, you know, the yellow flowers that pop up all the time in spring. And I love it when I see dandelions because it's like spring is coming, summer is coming. They make me feel happy. A dandelion will literally grow in a crack in the pavement. They are so hardy. They are so adaptable. They, they're like a weed. They're, they are abundant. There's so many of them and they are just so bright and cheerful and happy and easygoing. So these dandelions are akin to a non-highly sensitive person. They just thrive easily. They are beautiful. They are abundant and they don't take a lot of effort to keep alive. On the other hand, look at an orchid a beautiful like white or pink orchid. I have one in my house that I'm looking at right now. So this orchid is absolutely stunning, but it takes a lot of, um, lot of different conditions for this orchid to thrive than it would a dandelion. So an orchid needs different conditions to live its best life. It is equally as beautiful and valuable as the dandelion, they're a little bit more rare. There's less orchids, but they are just as beautiful in the plant world as a dandelion. And these orchids are us highly sensitive people. We need different conditions to thrive and to be our best versions. So I want you to consider, are you a dandelion or are you an orchid? And I want you to think about, and if you're a dandelion, that's amazing. <laughs> But I want you to think about if you have any orchids in your life. Maybe you have a partner or a friend or a child who might be an orchid. And maybe they need different things for them 
to thrive. And maybe we need to start asking ourselves if we are the orchids, what we need to thrive. And if you are a dandelion, maybe you need to ask the people who you think are orchids what they need to thrive, because it's probably very different to what you need. It's definitely worth considering and contemplating this question. I'd love to create more understanding about um, just how different we all are and how we can start to create a world that is really inclusive for everyone to be their best versions. So this is kind of where I came to be now. This is how I discovered yoga as a healing path. It was really through my own like need to regulate my own nervous system. And then when I found this information about high sensitivity, it was like the aha moment and it all just made sense. So now I am so passionate about kind of creating a world, my world, that supports my own sensitivity. And I encourage other people in my community, my clients, my um, yoga students to also consider what they really need, what makes them feel good, what makes them feel just safe and productive in this world. I know that I can't thrive under artificial lights working in a way that is really structured and rigid. I need I need other conditions and this is why I have started, you know, my own business and I truly believe that everyone should live in a way that supports themselves. And I think highly sensitive people are so important in the world and so often we might kind of not live up to our full potential or shy away from speaking up because we have maybe been, maybe taken on this kind of idea that there's something not quite right with us. We just don't feel strong or the world is overwhelming and I just can't handle it. Like these type of um, thoughts are pretty common, I think, in highly sensitive people who haven't understood themselves and really claimed this trait for themselves. So this is the work that I love to do. It is sharing this information. It is supporting highly sensitive people. It is creating education and awareness around this beautiful trait of high sensitivity because I know that highly sensitive people that are in their power and living in a way that is supportive are here to do amazing things in the world. We are caring, empathetic, soulful beautiful humans and we are just as valuable as other non-highly sensitive people who can just get out there and just go hard all the time. There is a reason why we are here. There is a reason why we have evolved to be here and this is a big part of my mission is to share this message. So I hope that this kind of gave a kind of brief overview of the science of high sensitivity, some of my lived experience. Of course, as these episodes roll out, I'm going to be diving into different areas of high sensitivity like um, relationships and career and business and just different elements of high sensitivity. So if this has landed with you, reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you are a highly sensitive person and maybe if you've had um, an aha moment and you think someone that you know might be highly sensitive, send them this episode and just let them know that um, maybe that you see them. Sending you lots of love, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today and I shall speak to you soon. Lots of love. Thank you so much for listening today, everyone. If you loved this podcast, please share it with someone 
who you believe might need this message today or share it on your social media and don't forget to tag me. I really love your feedback. You can reach me at hello at lukelly.com. That's Lou, K-E-L-L-E.com. Until next time, stay happy, stay free. You are perfect as you are.